0: May all grace, mercy, and peace come to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If there's any children here tonight, I invite you to come forward for a few minutes. Hey, so, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about something tonight about being grateful for what we have and not so much what we don't have. You know, when I was growing up, my dad wasn't around a lot. It wasn't because my dad didn't love me or didn't love my family. My dad was in the Army. He was gone a lot. And so there was times when I would see other kids out playing with their fathers and shooting off rockets and throwing the ball around, and and my dad wasn't there. And it made me really depressed and sad sometimes, you know? One time when I was in ninth grade, my father was stationed in Korea for an entire year. My poor mom had to watch after me and my sister, (laughs) And take care of us both, right? Well, there it was. It was my birthday of my ninth grade year. And there was no happy birthday. There was nothing. But there was just a package on the table that morning after my mom had gone to work before I had gone to school. With a card on it. And all it was in there was a pair of jeans. Man, I wasn't too happy with that. And you know what? I was depressed. And I moped around. And this and I complained about what I got. And I complained because my dad wasn't there. And I gave my mom more than she can handle and then some. And, you know, I felt really bad. I felt really bad. All these years later, that was a long time ago, and all these these years later, I feel really bad about how I acted, how ungrateful I was for my mother. But, you know, now that I've grown up, I look back, my mom being, you know, by herself, gave me all that she could afford to give me at the time. She worked really hard. My dad worked really hard, too. And you know, I spent—I wasted a lot of time moping around because I didn't have what I wanted to have. And you know what I forgot? I forgot to, to look at what I did have. And you know, Jesus was the furthest thing at that time of my life from my heart. And so I had no real reason to rejoice. And you know, have you ever gotten that way? Have you ever gotten, expected to see something under the Christmas tree and didn't get it? Or you expected to get something, you asked for something for your birthday and you didn't get it? Did you ever feel a little depressed or mad? Yeah, pretty cool. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, your yeah. parents, you hearing all this? Ask them out to church. Hopefully they repeat the same thing. So, but you know, sometimes we get that way, right? You might not get the toy you asked for for Christmas. Are you going to be upset about it? Why not? Why should you not be upset about it? Because we wouldn't get presents. No, we wouldn't get presents. But what's Christmas all about? Jesus, right? We talked about that last week about, about Jesus, right? Sometimes we forget what Christmas is all about. We have an expectation of things and we complain about what we don't have rather than rejoicing to God in what we do have, right? So for me, when I had to look back, I looked back and I went, wow, I had a lot of friends and I was healthy. And guess what? My dad would never let me play football, but he was in Korea. My mom told me I could play football. So I made the football team. I got to play a sport. I never got to play if my dad was home, right? But my grandparents were up the street and they went to all my games and my dad, my dad still loved us, and he sent us all kinds of cool things and postcards from all the places he'd be. And so I look back on it now, and I wish I was as grateful then as I am now for those things. And so when we look at Christmas, it shouldn't be the expectation of the things we have on our tree of what we get or don't get. It should be, we should be rejoicing that we have Jesus, that Jesus has come. And you know what? Christmas is almost a double-waiting period. You know what I mean by that? Double waiting? Right Right now, we're, we're waiting. Yes, what's double waiting? One and a half weeks? No, close. <laughs> so double waiting means we're waiting on Christmas, right? We decorate our trees and we have, we wrap gifts and all. We're waiting on to celebrate the birth of Jesus, right? But at the same time, we're still waiting for Jesus to come back. That's a double waiting period. But you know what? We have a lot to rejoice and be thankful for. You have parents and you have food and you have clothes and you have a shelter over your head. But most importantly, each and every one of you has Jesus. Each and every one of you. Sorry, I didn't go out with each and every one of you. Everybody here, you have Jesus. And so we should rejoice no matter what and be thankful for what God has done for us. Can you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for the blessings you give us. And we thank you for the greatest blessing ever your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you all. You can go back. In our gospel reading today, we see two ladies, stark in contrast, one who's older, one who's probably younger, don't know much about Mary's age, two ladies who find themselves expecting. One, one who in her advanced age is told that she's going to be conceiving a child, Who's going to prepare the way for her, the child that her cousin bears? Mary finds out, too, that she's expecting. A little bit different with Mary, right? So with both of these ladies, at first I thought, oh, wow, here, here's, here's another one of those Sarah <laughs> kind of circumstances, right? You have somebody who's up there in age is going to find out. And I wondered, would Elizabeth laugh like Sarah did? But no. She rejoiced. Would Mary laugh? Because Mary's circumstance was different. Mary wasn't married yet, Mary was still a virgin. Can only imagine the look on her face when Gabriel encountered her and told her that she was going to bear none other than the Lord. And yet, what does she do? We find her today. She's running off to a little town of Judah to see her, her, her cousin, Elizabeth, where she would spend a few months with her. And what happens when Mary walks into the room? Elizabeth rejoices. She throws her arm up there. She calls Mary blessed. She jumps for joy. Not only does Elizabeth jump for joy, but, but the baby she's carrying, the one who's going to prepare the way for Jesus, leaps in her womb, jumps for joy. We see a lot of rejoicing going on in our gospel lesson today, despite their circumstances. I say despite that or in spite of that or because of. Which one is it? Some people might look at it and go despite. I say it's because of. Mary, peasant, comes from a family who's probably not very rich. Probably more on the poor side can't afford fancy clothes and food, and all of a sudden is betrothed to be, not all of a sudden betrothed, but she's betrothed to be with Joseph, right? And then she ends up pregnant. And how must that have made her feel at the time? Well, we know that she rejoiced. And Elizabeth, when Zechariah comes home and tells her that she's going to bear a son, and she rejoices, and here they are together, rejoicing greatly in this. Now, I imagine they could have moped around about all the things that they were going to encounter. I imagine um, that they probably did a little bit of that too. Mary more so than, than Elizabeth, because what happened to Mary? What was about to happen to Mary? Take it one step further. She's, she's pregnant, but what happens come the time, getting near conception, what was Joseph about to do to her? Divorce her quietly because he didn't want to embarrass her. So I imagine all this turmoil is going on inside of her, and yet, through it all, they're rejoicing. Didn't matter what age they were. Didn't matter what the circumstances were. They were absolutely rejoicing in all that. And you know, our circumstances sometimes may not be the most ideal, as I just got done telling the kids when I was growing up. Who's was really bitter about my dad not being there. He was really bitter about what I got for a birthday present one time. How stupid, right? Sometimes our circumstances may not be ideal. And the Lord, though, is still there. He doesn't want us to focus on our circumstances, does He? What does He want us to focus on? Him and what it's all about and bearing peace and bringing peace into the world. Knowing that He's there with us every step of the way, no matter what we face in in life. Certainly this time of the season, I know many people who are looking at the blue of Advent more as a color of depression than one of celebration. Many have lost loved ones or jobs this time of the year. It gets really hard on people. But I've also met some people. I met some people tonight at dinner who we don't see that often. They come, one of them comes to Bible study on Sunday evenings, who, you know, they were having some car troubles and other things, and were just, I never met a happier, tree, you know, threesome, whatever you want to call them, the three people, than these people were tonight. They were, they were happy to just made it to church, to have had a meal with people. And I look at that, I'm going, circumstances. They were grateful for what they have right now. Our title for the service tonight, or our theme has been waiting upon the Lord. And tonight it's waiting upon the Lord with rejoicing. Rejoicing the way that, that Mary and Elizabeth rejoice, right? In this season of Advent, we kind of have that double waiting that I talked with the, with the kids about tonight. That waiting of the, what Martin Luther called the now and not yet. We know who we belong to. We we celebrate and we decorate Christmas trees this time of the year. Many of us are getting ready to go to a whole bunch of parties in these next five days, right? And we get together with families and have big meals and, and then there's all the hustle and bustle of getting gifts and everything else like that. And we're, we're celebrating Christmas, but the double waiting is, is that we're celebrating the birth day of our Savior, but we also wait for Him to return. And I bring that up because we forget about the now. We get too embroiled in the circumstances of our lives to rejoice and to realize that while we're waiting on him to come and, and get us once and for all away from all the turbuls and turmoils of this world, that he's still with us, walking with us, resting with us in the Holy Spirit here in our hearts every single moment of our life. And we forget to rejoice in that. We forget to be grateful for the things that He has blessed us with. You think about Mary carrying the child. She's carrying our Savior, she gives birth to the Lord. Talk about an honor. But she's also ushering in a new era of peace because that's what Jesus is He's peace. She's bringing salvation into the world. Not her. It's not her works. So God's doing it through her. But when she finds out that that's what, <laughs> what God has given her, wouldn't you jump for joy too? Well, you still should. You may not be giving birth to God, to you know, to Jesus, but you carry him right here. He's with you every step of the way. You should smile in that and be joyous and rejoice no matter what you're facing in life. And because Here's the thing. Something happened to me today at work that I can't really discuss, but I'm going to tell you, it was one of those, it was a very contentious moment with some residents. And I don't know what happened, but the peace of the Lord and how the peace of God manifests itself just is mysterious sometimes. And it just fell upon me. And afterwards, one of the people that was there was like, man, it was like God was... Just shining through you today. I don't I can't explain it, don't know how it happened, but I rejoiced in the moment. I I hate I hate contention to begin with, right? But right then and there, God was coming through and just had a peace, no matter what. There was trouble, but he was there. And so you go back to Mary and Elizabeth and look at their circumstances. They rejoiced. Oh, to carry the rejoicing and the love and the joy and the peace that Mary and Elizabeth has. And so as we look at this Christmas season, as we go through the next week of Advent, leading up into Christmas and even beyond, I want to challenge each and every one of us today to rejoice in the Lord. Take time to reflect on the blessings that that God has given you. Take time to reflect in the peace of the season. Take time to reflect on the now and the not yet. And think about what that means to have the Holy Spirit and what that means to carry God forth into the world in our hearts and through our actions and what it means to proclaim the gospel. Spend time in prayer. Not just giving the Lord all of your griefs and your complaints, but your happiness and your rejoicing. Look at some of the Psalms. Read some of the Psalms that David wrote. Some of the praise that he brought forth. Look at that magnificat that Mary wrote in Luke. Look at that. That means magnify. She magnifies the Lord in the rejoicing. Find some good time and enjoy the moments that you have. Because you don't ever know how much time you have left. Too often we get caught up in what's going to happen here or tomorrow. Live in the now. Live in what the Lord has given you. Take it day by day. Be in the moment this Advent season, and don't let another good opportunity to rejoice pass you by. Rejoice and be glad in his salvation right now, because even right now, Jesus is with us. To God be all the glory. Amen.